Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Well, hello. Well, spring again out there. Just never know what you're going to get, but it's beautiful. Lovely day. I don't know what the future holds, but I'm kind of watching the weather channel to see if anything's happening. I'm Cheryl McLaughlin. This is the Austin Gardener, and you are welcome to join this show with your questions or comments, 512-836-0590. That's a call or text number. And we have a toll-free line, 877-590-5525. So again, 512 512- Eight three six zero five ninety, call or text. Man, the color's getting so pretty out there, isn't it? I mean, my cherry tree is just stunning this year. So is my smoke tree, my Mexican buckeye. Uh, there's a um, a big pecan in our neighborhood that is just yellow, it's beautiful gold yellow color. Um, with the sun shining through it, it's just absolutely gorgeous. So. I don't think we got pecans this year. I didn't. I don't remember seeing any. I don't know. Y'all let me know if y'all got pecans. But um, if they weren't getting watered, I'm pretty sure we didn't get any. But it's a great time of year to look around and see what does get color so you can add that to your yard, right, if you've been wanting something real pretty. Also, other good plants this time of year that have interest would be, you know, my favorite, possum haw yopon absolutely wonderful plant it's just full of red berries all winter long drops all its leaves keeps all its berries it's the cousin to our evergreen yoke pond and it's just it's just one of my favorite things in the whole wide world nothing's more cheerful than driving up and seeing a big old red berry bush slash tree uh, in your front yard so you can look at that i'm sure you'll find them at all the garden centers right now um my daughter bought a ton of plants in the past few weeks. She's doing a big new bed. And uh, she was talking about the places that she went shopping. And um, the, and she said they just had some specimen things in. So uh, nobody's advertising right now on the show. Of course, you know I love Hill Country Water Gardens. She went to the Natural Gardener. She found some really nice specimens at Barton Springs Nursery and uh, just got some gorgeous stuff, a lot of native stuff. She she really focuses on that. So get out there and get shopping. Those make great presents, too. Okay, let's see here. We got a caller on the line. Let me reach the phone from Drippin'. Hello, Miss Barbara. How you doing? Hi, Cheryl. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Me, too. My question to you is, uh, can you give me some advice about trying to uh, either plant by seed or transplant sumac. The color is so pretty, and I'd like to create a hedge along this. What I'm trying to do is a native landscaping. Which sumac um, are you liking? The one that's turning so beautifully red right now. It's, uh, it's bushes and flame. Well, flame leaf sumac, that's a, this is a very good question. When I had a growing <laughs> operation many years ago, um, I used to grow these sumacs, all the sumacs. But the flame leaf sumac is one of those plants that uh, 
is meant to be eaten by birds, digested, run through the gastric system, and pooped out all, you know, acid-treated and ready to germinate. So I used to acid uh, treat all my seeds. And you it, that's a hard thing and a dangerous thing to do at home. So probably what will need to happen is it'll take longer for the seed coating to wear off on a plant like that. But eventually it will. Some of them may germinate right away. Some of them may not. But you might try, you know, a hot water bath and, uh, and then see if you can get some of them to germinate. Otherwise, you just plant, them, plant the seed where you want them and eventually they will come up. Or you can go to the acid treating process if you know what you're doing. I would go to Jill Noak's book how to grow native texas plants it may be available online uh and look at propagating um flame leaf sumac okay what did you want the name of the book again uh-huh. yeah how to grow native texas plants by jill noakes n-o-k-e-s might be able to just okay. Google that. Okay. I do too. And it's reliable every single year, no matter what. Flame sumac gets brilliant color. That's a really wonderful attribute as well. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers you up. <laughs> it's like, hey, summer's over. Here comes the sumac. Well, good luck with that, Barbara. I hope you have good luck. Okay, thanks for the advice. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay, 512-836-0590. That's the call or text number. Uh, let's see here. I have a text. I have a neighbor that added some fish emulsion to a compost pile two weeks ago. Um he has numerous wildlife coming in at night, especially raccoons. She wants to know if there's anything she can spray on her pile um, to keep the coons away. We're way out in the country. Well, you might try a hot pepper spray, something like that. Um, maybe garlic pepper spray. You can get it already, but you can... Um, you know, already formulated, or you can make your own up. But I think I'd try that first uh, before I worried about it too much. It'll that that smell will go away before too long. Uh, also, you could have it contained, you know, with wire, chicken wire or something like that to keep them out. I'd try one of those hot pepper sprays first. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Um, Larry Maynor, we got I got thirty seconds before the break, but I'd like to get you started. How you doing? Okay, you had a comment on the acid treating the seeds. I had a a relative years ago that used to take seeds like that and put them in a box lined with uh, sandpaper, and he would just sit there for several minutes, shaking the seeds back and forth and letting them uh, roll across that sandpaper. And he said that I think the term was scarating. Scarifying. Yeah. Scarifying, yes. Mm-hmm. So it it just you jogged my memory. 
That's a really good, very good idea. That's a very good idea, and that might be a for her to be able to kind of quick start this whole thing. Once you get through the seed coating and moisture can get in, it's just like with blue bonnets. If you, you know, can rub a little hole in a or a mountain laurel seed, either a hard seed. These aren't hard, but they they've got pulp around them, and yeah. So that's a good idea. Sandpaper box, I love it. Thank you, Larry. Did you have any other questions or comments? Okay, let's get that break done. We'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back and we have lines open if you would like to call. You can also text. 512-836-0590 and a toll-free line is also available and that is 877-590-5525 um, did you know we're also broadcasting on 102.7 FM I forget to mention that but sometimes uh, people call and say they, they have a hard time uh, tuning in 590 depends on how far away you are but uh, you can always do that channel as well and you might uh, you might get better reception okay here's the text is it too late to plant about a 10 gallon wax myrtle or cherry laurel due to freezing potential coming soon no it's a perfect time in fact my daughter planted both of those just within the last week or so at her house uh, and she got some beautiful specimens, be absolutely beautiful, and they were on sale. And I'm talking, you know, nice big plants like a 10-gallon would be. I think hers might have been 10 or 15-gallon. Um, the root system is big on a plant that size. Uh, and as long as you don't let it go bone dry and we get a hard freeze, you should be okay. Both of those are reliable evergreens, wax myrtle and cherry laurel uh, and but always remember there's two kind of cherry laurels and there's two kind of wax myrtles there's dwarf and there's standard and both of the um, the dwarf ones will get you know like six to eight feet and then the the original ones will get much bigger uh, like cherry laurel makes a big oak tree but the um, wax myrtle it's not that huge maybe 12 feet something like that it's, a, it's more of a shrub uh, than a tree. And it's really um, – oh, did I give the wrong – somebody says, I think you meant 99.7 FM, 102 is the ESPN. Is that correct, Tate? The um, – yeah, I'll, I'll – I think you're right about that. Actually, it is. Somebody else texted the same thing. Um, 99.7 FM. There are some guys talking on 102. Point. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Old brain in action here. This is what happens. But anyway, yeah. So a lot of times the FM is better reception for some people. So 99.7 FM for this show. And 102.7 is the new ESPN channel. And that's where you go hear the guys talking about sports. So. Hey, I was looking at, you know, I, I frequently mentioned AgriLife website. 
And I got to mess around with that this morning. There is just so much that you can learn on this website. But one thing that I forget to mention is they have an amazing demonstration garden at their location at 1600 B Smith Road. I think they used to call it Smith School Road, but it's out off Ben White. And I was just looking at the list of plants that they have now. You can go, um, you can find that on their website, Travis County AgriLife, A-G-R-I Life. And they have every kind of herb you can possibly imagine, tons of native plants. And uh, you're welcome to go out there and look around. And this is the way you really learn. You can also see plants uh, at places like the Botanical Gardens, Ilker Park, or at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center, of course. But the demo garden, these earth kind plants are designated that way because A&M has done all these experiments on these plants. They've experimented, experimented with them in negative conditions, right? So like drought, poor soil, blah, blah on and on, and they chose the ones that performed the best in these, you know, unfavorable conditions. And so, and there's a whole list of earth kind roses, and I love roses, but I like the hardy ones. I like the old-fashioned ones that still have good scent. Um, you know, they, they rustled up, they called them the rose rustlers many years ago. They went around to abandoned home sites, cemeteries, places like that, where these roses were found uh, growing with nobody caring for them. And that means, you know, no supplemental watering, no, no any kind of care, no, you know, pesticides, no herbicide, nothing was touching them. And they um, collected and propagated these roses. And, of course, you can see many of them at the Antique Rose Emporium up near Brenham in Independence. And if you've never been there you are uh, missing out. That's an amazing place, an amazing place. Um, but anyway, roses are great. And here's the key. Fall planting roses is the way to go. You're going to get your best selection of antique roses in the fall. You're going to get, um, they're almost all of them evergreen, cold hardy. Uh, and many of them, as I said, still have their fragrance. These real fancy schmancy roses that are, you know, meant for cutting the cultivars, um, they um, most of them don't really have much scent left. But there are some beautifully scented antique roses, and several of them are in the Grow Green Guide, the GrowGreen.org Guide. That'd make a nice present for somebody, a beautiful little rose. So anyway, just some ideas, so. All right, 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. And again, uh, 877-590-5525 is our um, a toll-free line. So if you had to call long distance, and it, you don't have to pay. So you can do that here. Now, I'm still asking, did anybody get pecans this year? I do not know. I haven't talked to my cousin who lives at my grandmother's old house, and she had, gosh, how many pecan trees did she still have? She had a bunch of them. 
think she lost a couple, but she's got at least, I don't know, six different kinds of pecans. And uh, usually we would always be, you know, picking pecans this time of year. And that's where, you know, for so many years of my life, if I needed pecans for something for Christmas or cooking, whatever, all I had to do is get some from Mama's house and, you know, crack them myself and clean them myself. But there are places that will do that for you as well, by the way, um, because that is some work. But you know what? It's just like shelling peas or something. You get to sit down with somebody and sit there and yak and drink wine and crack pecans. Okay, let's see here. Morning, Cheryl. Can I plant my Lindheimer Senna, uh, Texas Senna, fragrant sumac, evergreen sumac, outside my garden fence and can they all take afternoon sun thanks yes 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 all of that um meaning are they fairly deer resistant yes the sumacs are deer resistant but here's the caveat any plant coming straight out of the nursery situation is going to be a little bit vulnerable for about three weeks or so till it gets its normal sap up because you know as you can imagine uh, they, they're constantly feeding them and watering them, so they're just juicy, you know, plants full of carbs with diluted, you know, sap. And so I would get me some of that deer spray or something like that if, if you're in heavy deer pressure and spray those plants for about three weeks or so uh, until, the, uh, until they get toughened up and, you know, start getting acclimated because I've seen deer at a client's house eat rosemary that was put in straight out of the nursery you know it's i mean they'll if it's bad enough out there like it would have been this summer you know i, I think things are better now of course but um they'll they'll eat just about anything so all right let's go to the phone lines let's go to buta hello amy how's it going out there hi good morning it's beautiful out here today how are you doing good 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 yeah it's pretty um, so I, I live in a, like a housing development, right? Like with an HOA and everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to take that little green strip of grass in between my yard, my sidewalk and the street. Yeah. And I want to make it like one of those wild bite, wildflower, you know, mm-hmm. bonanzas, if you would. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would love to do this for the spring. And I feel like I really missed an opportunity this summer when it was 120 for 60 days to put the black on it to kill the grass. Because I have that, you know, that Bermuda HOA grass. Do I have to kill the grass to be able to do something like that for those flowers to really populate? Or uh, can I just go and throw a bunch of seed out in my grass and cross my fingers? Well, it, <clears throat> if it's a healthy, thick stand of Bermuda, it certainly would help for you to try to get rid of it somehow. And good luck with that because Bermuda is, yeah. you know, very, very hard to get rid of once it's well established. Um, but if you can get rid of it, um, dig it out, whatever you have to do. I mean, you can, you can actually rent a little sod cutter and go in there and try to c- undercut the roots and at least get some control that way. Uh, but if you do that, then you're going to have to come back in with new soil, right? Because it'll remove the soil with it. Um, okay. Uh, but 
Bermuda will coexist with wildflowers. Uh, it's it's you know most grasses will except for say a thick turf of St. Augustine or Zoysia. Uh, because it's thinner bladed, it can allow other things to grow in with it. But you have to be able to get seed soil contact down for these wildflowers to grow. You know, so if it, that's why I'm saying if it's real thick uh, and there's no soil available to put the seeds into and press them down in there, you're not going to have as much luck. Okay. Um, I mean, is it okay to put the black down in the winter and try that black plastic and no. try to kill the grass that it, way? No. Or I need to wait till summer. No. Yeah, you, you'll never get it that way. And if you want to, okay. if you want a spring planting, you're going to probably have to, you know, manually remove it. I mean, you it's could. So, it's so tough. I've tried. I've tried doing it. Where I mean, I grew up with a garden in South Austin with my parents, uh-huh. and you know, the soil is completely different. I have. Cl- out here um that i've never lived in a place with an hoa until now so i have that bermuda grass i mean even taking a shovel and trying to snap the roots i think the only way i would be able to is to do it like you said with the sod cutter (laughs) amy Um, i I, I have to stop you because we have to break for the news you can hold if you want to okay thank you okay we'll be right back Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back, and let's go back to Amy and Buda and finish up with her wildflower questions. Amy, thank you for holding. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I just, I guess I feel like I would have to use the, the sod cutter you suggested because. The housing development we're in, it's been there for a while, and I've tried to place a garden in before, and it just doesn't work. I've, I, I would have to do a raised bed garden. I can't get through the roots. Well, Between I mean, I don't know if they'll that. let you do that, but that would be another way. If you can raise up with stone or wood or something that area, then you could put uh, down weed control barrier and then add another few inches of good soil like six inches or something and then plant into that um, the other thing that you can do which i rarely ever recommend is use roundup um, you can swipe it over now you can't plant right away after you do roundup and the other problem is it is uh, necessary to have the grass green and growing before you use the Roundup. I just would not go that direction because first of all, that means you can't even do it till like April. So that puts you out another year, you know, from planting your wildflower seeds. You would then need to wait till fall. And there's so many good wildflowers that that germinate in the spring, like all the, you know, the Coreopsis, the Gallardias, the Mexican hats, the lemon mint balm, you know, so I... I think if you could cut it and then go back in there with some, you know, a layer of good soil and plant your seeds real thickly in the spring, like early March, maybe. Um, okay. Then do it that way. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big anti-roundupper. Yeah. Well, it's not <laughs> something. I board to get rid of weeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Down. yeah. Well, okay, good luck. Well, thank you so much for the advice. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 
Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text. I got a text here in response to my question about pecans, and this person says, I got no pecans this year from my natives. Yeah, that's what I suspected. Let's see here. Uh, when can I transplant volunteer live oak trees that have sprouted in my flower bed? They are about a foot tall. Thanks. Um, you could probably do it right now, um, or you can wait till the end of winter. And just be sure they're not suckers off a big old tree. If you've got a big old tree nearby, uh, just make sure it's not a sucker off of that. And as long as it's got a good little root system of its own, say a squirrel planted it, you know, planted an acorn and it came up. Um, you could do it right now, though, if you want to. Just be sure you get all the roots you possibly can. And remember, there's going to be a pretty, you know, straight down tap root kind of thing um, that it sends out first. So you want to get as much of that as you can as well. But, yeah, you can probably do that. What do you got to lose? Okay, here's another text. I roasted a large pumpkin only to find spaghetti-type squash inside. Is that safe to consume? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. I mean, I guess there's all kind of pumpkins. You know, you see the variety now is just amazing at the store. So some of those might be uh, more of a spaghetti-type squash. <laughs> I tried explaining this to my little twin grandsons. Because they love pumpkins. They can't wait till the pumpkin patch comes out. And they go, this church near their house, they go buy pumpkins. And mom lets them pick out several. And they pick out the, you know, weird ones too. The little crazy green and orange ones and stuff. I tried to explain to them that these were all kind of squashes. They refused to believe that. <laughs> they just could not imagine it. Uh, okay, here's another text. Cheryl, can skullcap sculateria be propagated by cuttings? If so, what time of year? Mine are still flowering, and it's not in Noakes's book. Thank you, Bob. You know, we when I don't know exactly the answer to that, but I don't see why not. Typically, though, what you would do is wait until it puts out new growth in the spring and as that new growth begins to harden off in other words you start to see little uh, streaks of brown in, instead of it all being real tenderly real tenderly green new growth isn't the wood you're after you're after the one that's it's on its way to becoming woody and like for instance pink skullcap is a woodier skullcap than say the purple one I never had much luck with the purple one, and I just love it. I love the way it looks, but I never had much luck uh, growing that. It's very sensitive, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, so then you want to take that wood, as long as a cutting as you can get, cut right below a node and strip off all the leaves but a couple. And then, as you know, typically you t dip it in water, dipping in rooting hormone. You can buy some root tone. Uh, and then stick it in a in a seed flat tray that's got loose uh, soil, and then keep it moist, not soppy wet, but keep it no, uh, moist. And uh, that way you'll you'll get a good take on it. Let's go to 
Jeffrey in Southwest Austin. Jeffrey, was that your skullcap question? No, ma'am, it's not. But I've done that both with skullcaps and Turks caps. You have I've been able to just do the clips and use the rooting hormone. And uh, I've also even done some just by sticking them in, you know, water and trying to get them to root that way. Have they? Just yeah, they've actually. They've, well, I've actually had better luck just by putting the rooting hormone in them and then sticking mm-hmm. them in a, a small pot. And uh, actually, I've, I've done some during the winter in my greenhouse. Oh, cool. So, um, well, am I right about yeah, the wood? Like, I, I mean, I'm just going by generalization of yeah. the stuff I used to propagate. Now, Turk's cap's not going to get woody, so you just get, yeah. you know, fairly uh, recent growth off of that, I would think. Right, and I've actually, um, I actually have done it with uh, some. Um, I just all, all of a sudden, I just forgot. Oh, uh, shrimp plants. I've also done it with shrimp plants, also. Oh yeah, and I've just, started them in just, water a lot of times. Right, but on the on the, the the skull caps, I've just taken them and gone out there, and I've taken even just some some of the green stuff, but I've also taken some that was, you know, kind of older. As so I was trying to keep them clipped back. Mm-hmm. Just dipped them in some rooting hormone and then stuck them down in some small pots and some dirt and mm-hmm. and they some have taken some haven't but I mean if the plant's pretty big worth a try taken, yeah right and, and I've taken actually all my transplants and taken them over to my aunt's place and put them in dirt once they started getting uh, to where I put them in little one gallon pots. Mm-hmm. Well, so, that's great info. Thank you for confirming that for me. I really yes, appreciate it. All right. Anything else? No. Uh, I just uh, my uh, my oak leaf hydrangea with the the redness this year has been really, really has been really neat. Is how red they've gotten. Oh, oh you're the one that sends me those cool pictures of your of yeah, your. Yeah, uh, ma'am. Yeah. I I've just love them. I'm gonna move, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move it to a different area. But I'll probably wait uh, for another couple weeks. But that's um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. Send me some more pictures, and I'm going to let you go do this break, though. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And again, we have lines open, and you may call or text 512-836-0590. And we have the toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. And again, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Um, You know, back to the AgriLife website that I've been playing around with all morning here. Listen, Next month, January, is typically when we get our bare root fruit trees and stuff in and our any, any of our bare root stuff. And listen to all the kinds of fruits and nuts that can be grown in Travis County. Apples, peaches, pears, plums, persimmons, jujubes, figs, pomegranates, some citrus, table grapes pecans, olives, loquats, strawberries, and blackberries. Now, that is a really wide selection of, of uh, 
fruits and stuff that you can grow here, fruit and nut trees. Now, you can get the complete list um, at your website for your county. Um, winter chill hours come into play with, with a lot of these things, as do a cross-pollination situations. And even when some things say that they're self-pollinating, it's always a better bet to get another um, a species or another cultivar. It's got to bloom at the same time, of course, and it's got to have similar chill hours. Now, in general, Austin is in the 700 hours of chill belt, but there's a real a lot of variability within this county. Um, so anyway, it goes on to say which kind of apple trees and how many chill hours they need. Um, then, of course, it talks about peaches. Peaches are a pain, though. I'll tell you, leave them to the experts. That's my personal opinion. Um, but there's there's all kind of pears including the crispy ones like kefir, but there's also some European-type pears, and those are the ones that we mostly find in the grocery store that will get soft. Um, so if you really want a good pear uh, that gets kind of soft, then you want to get one of the European kinds. Um, pomegranates, not my thing. I like persimmons, though. Um, now, grapes, uh, there's certain distinctions between table grapes versus grapes that are specifically cultivated for wine. And you, you can make wine from any kind of grape, but the cultural practices can be quite different between crops intended to be eaten as fruit versus bottled for wine. And A&M has a viticulture and enology site for more resources. Um, we also have a problem with Pierce's disease that can affect grapes around here. Um, it's spread by by uh, different bu bugs and stuff. So anyway, all this information is available. Um, but grapes, of course, are native here. We've got like I don't know how many different kinds of grapes native to uh, Central Texas, uh, at least several species that I know of. Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text that number. And again, I just want to encourage you to shop at your local nurseries for gifts. They have so many cute things uh, and wonderful things. Like you can get, you know, definite uh, baskets of fruit, nuts, all kind of stuff. Uh, maybe give somebody a little satsuma orange tree. Uh, give them a, a, a nice container of cyclamens, which are a good cool weather plant for around here. Um, you can get, also give people seeds and that sort of thing. Uh, good pruning shears. Who doesn't need that, right? Um, but anyway, I, I'm just a big fan of shopping at the gift stop shops or just in the regular part of the nursery, uh, so, you know, for, for gifts for gardeners. Okay, let's see here. Hi, is it still okay to plant a persimmon, small pecan, and desert willow tree this week? And is there anything I need to know to have a successful planting? Thank you. Uh, yes, it is perfectly good to do those this week. In fact, this week it's going to get up to like 78 degrees. Next Friday it's going to be 76 today. Um, 
but just again, you're not telling me how big these are. You said it's a small pecan, but they're very cold hardy. Uh, really, all these are. You just want to again, you want to make sure that you don't let them, you know, completely go bone dry if we're going to have a freeze, and that you mulch them really well, right? Because they that will help moderate soil temperatures and it'll help keep the moisture in when you do um, water them. So yeah. Mulch is, is good. Now, I only recommend doing a couple of inches of mulch. That's just me. You'll hear people tell you to put down six inches. That's ridiculous. You do not need that. And in fact, good luck getting water down through six inches of mulch to the actual roots of the plants. Um, <clears throat> okay, here are some limiting factors uh, for fruits and nuts that aren't well adapted. But for every time we say this, somebody will have done it and successfully. But the limiting factor, because it gets too cold here, would be things like grapefruit, oranges, limes, true lemons, avocados, pawpaws, mayhaws, bananas, mangoes, papaya, and pineapple. Well, you all know that I've talked for years about the grapefruit tree that was in my daughter's backyard. Uh, two stories tall, probably drunk, dumped a ton of grapefruit. It did freeze to the ground in uh, snowpocalypse year. Uh, came back from the roots, and it was grown from a seed. Uh, so it didn't even produce fruit for the first 10 years. But when it got happy and it got old enough, OMG. And it turns out it was a great, great fruit, which you can't always depend on from seed. But it was one of those like ruby red grapefruits. Um, so anyway, she she had a lot of luck with that. Now, a limiting factor not cold long enough is apricots, nectarines, cherries, walnuts, and almonds. Okay, so that's one of the reasons we can't grow those here. Uh, and I've had people try so many times to grow apricots, and it's just ugh, very frustrating. And who doesn't love apricots? Okay, now another limiting factor would be that they can't take the heat or the pH of our soils. That would be blueberries, raspberries, kiwi, guava, but that excludes pineapple guava. That That's something that grows well here. So those are some of the things. Now, I also know people that have grown um, blueberries, but there's you need to read up on it because you got to have like three different kinds. You can't have real alkaline water, uh, that sort of thing. So just do your homework before you go out there, and it's never a unless you know what you're looking for. You got to be careful buying stuff at the big box stores, right? Because they they just bring in stuff that from everywhere, and sometimes they bring in the right stuff. That's why you got to get a list of the things that's going to work in your yard or your part of the county and then um, keep that with you when you're shopping. Okay, muscadine grape is a winner in this area. My grandfather made several gallons of wine back in the 80s. Yep, muscadine. That's a really good one. Thanks for that input. So, yeah, grapes are great, you know, and it, they make a great shade arbor too on a pergola so uh, even if they don't necessarily produce a lot of fruit 
they're just beautiful and they are hardy. Anyone that's ever had a Mustang grape volunteer in their yard and <laughs> try to get rid of it knows that. <laughs> they are they are here to stay. I used to have to go pick green grapes for my grandmother along the highway um, so that she could make green grape pie. Anyway, that's all for the day. See y'all next Sunday at 10.